Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It is a Sunday where Super Bowl is set where I am. It is Sunday night. We have just found out that it will be Bengals-Rams in the Super Bowl, just like everyone predicted at the beginning of the season. Uh, Max Olsen, the portal authority, is here with me. Uh, we have not had the the portal announcement yet. We thought we might get it last week we thought we might get it this weekend heck max the last time you were on the show which was like two weeks ago we thought we were going to get it the next day but caleb williams still has not told us where he's going and so we how many podcasts are we going to record before caleb williams makes the decision that's a great question i'm trying to figure out like the super bowl is in two weeks mm-hmm. will the super bowl have been played before he says where he's going could he be? Could he do like a, the silent commit thing and just wait till June? You know, may, you know, sign the sign up and then just. Uh, the other thing I'm at this point I'm wondering, Andy, is like, do you think Caleb Williams of all the options that are out there, and there's certainly some really good ones. Do you think that he's just thinking like, what if I took a gap year? You know, what if I just go to Europe and and find myself and you know just get away from all this uh, all this pressure? Why not? It's it's exceedingly possible at this point. I mean, would <laughs> would anything surprise you? He you know he. He has to be in college three years before, or, or well, has to be out of high school three years before he goes to the NFL. He could do a gap year this year, play in 2023. For whoever has the best be team going for, into 23. Yeah, sure. Be ready for the 2024 draft to be perfect. Now, so I started thinking about this on Saturday as all the Tom Brady stuff was unfolding. Mm-hmm. Do you think Caleb Williams and Tom Brady are sort of in the same boat, whereas where, where they've, they've probably made the decision – but they just want to control the the announcement, and now they're they're mad, and they're going to just delay it inevitably, or you Could know, be. It, 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 not inevitably. I mean, and it's also you know, if you want to compare the two, um, Tom Brady when he was a free agent, he was like, "Where can I go play with the most badass players and go go compete right yeah. away?" I'm sure Williams is thinking the same. Well, and, and so Tom Brady, I, I really do think it was funny because on Saturday I was like, oh, these NFL people are going crazy over Tom Brady saying, oh, maybe not. I mm-hmm. called the GM and he said, maybe not. Like, this is purely the guy who signed his letter of intent in the early signing period, but wants to announce at the Army All-American. <laughs> like, that 100%. is what Tom Brady is right now. <laughs> well, I love the, I, I, I don't want to botch this, but wasn't there a report that if he waits, you know, like a week, then he's collecting $15 million? Well, our Greg Allman, our, our Bucks okay. writer at The Athletic, gave us some clarity on that. So he owes $16 million of his signing bonus back if he retires mm. before next season. Mm-hmm. And so he's either writing them a $16 million check, and that's if he gets the $15 million that's due to him on February 4th, or he's writing them a $1 million check. But either way, he's, he's writing them a check. 
I get you. If he I retires. got you. Well, that's that's a, so that's, that's a common not, one in college football. It, it's always it, yeah. you, you got to check the fine print on the dates and and when's the right time to yeah. make moves. We're used to that. Yeah, the the deferred enrollment, the deferred uh, signing bonus. Well, I've been checking academic calendar dates because you know the big date that everybody was throwing around was USC. Their deadline was you had to enroll by Friday if you wanted to yeah. participate in spring practice, uh, and then Wisconsin's deadline for that wasn't until February 4th. You, you, they had already started classes, but their ad drop doesn't end until February 4th. And then you get the, it's just weird. Like you have, we, we haven't first, seen a video of Brian Kelly dancing behind Caleb Williams yet either. Right. No. So we don't even know so who LSU's LSU is. LSU's not out of it, obviously. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly LSU is still in it till that video comes out. But, but, but no, it's, it's crazy because you had the person on the internet who said they had a screenshot of Caleb Williams, USC, email address which the general public can't look that up if you want to go into the usc student directory you have to be a usc student so also also it, not it, like unless, a terribly uncommon name right no very common last name pretty trendy first name 20 sure. years ago when he was born so yeah, i think so you know it could be imagine if it's some other caleb williams but that poor guy's getting a ton of email right now yes. And that well, why why is everyone in Wisconsin mad at me? I, if I'm he can find some NIL deals out of USC. this, if if yeah. fake Caleb Williams can get some NIL money out of this, then I think it'll be all the spam he's getting will be worth it. Yeah, yeah. And then and then there's the screenshot floating around that says that you know one of the the team site reporters that covers Wisconsin put out a, a report on Sunday that said. Caleb Williams called Paul Christ, but then allegedly that got taken down, but the screenshot is still floating. I mean, that that's really all this. That's the information that everyone's dealing with at this point. There's not a lot of hard info out there. And so that leaves just leaves idiots like us to go, well, I mean, maybe he's going to play in 2022, I guess somewhere. Maybe we, we yeah. do know where you, we do know where both of USC's quarterbacks who started games mm-hmm. last season, we know where they are going to play. Keaton Slovis, Already going to Pittsburgh. Jackson Dart going to Ole Miss. He released a statement on Sunday saying, you know, thanks to my teammates at USC. Can't wait to get to Oxford. Lane Kiffin put up a tweet. His office door, there's a sign that says, I've gone portaling. Did you meet him in there? Because you spend a lot of time in the portal, Max. (laughs) You know, Lane Kiffin is, uh, he's crushing it when it comes to the portal now. Um, They... Uh, like I, I believe they've moved up to number one on 24 sevens rankings of the best portal classes. Um, you know, if you take, if you took just the class that they signed at the early signing period um, and the commitments they have, they, they would have the 23rd class in the country. If you put the the players they have via the portal into that class, it goes up to 13th. Like, and, and that's for a program like Ole Miss, like it makes a ton of sense. I mean, and you look at the players they've, they've picked up and we'll, we'll get to, you know, Dart and Trigg for sure. But, you know, they already had, Zach Evans from TCU, who is one of the very best, you know, most talented yeah. players of this whole portal uh, cycle here. Uh, they picked up Mason Brooks, a starting tackle from Western Kentucky. They picked up Troy Brown, a really good linebacker from Central Michigan. I, I love Ashim Young as, as a hybrid uh, DB, and they, they they added him from Iowa State. And they got, um, you know, they're, they're looking good for Jared Ivey from Georgia Tech, uh, the, the, the guy who's number eight currently on our best available ranks. So, um, I, I mean, <laughs> you can't really do any better than, than Ole Miss has. And it was certainly, you know, they you know, they brought in Dylan Gabriel for a visit. They brought in Cameron Ward for a visit, you know, Lane, Lane getting his guy at quarterback, uh, is a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, Lane was one of the ones who said something to the tune of, oh, this is insane. There's so much tampering going on, blah, 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 blah. 
And then he's fishing out of that portal. Listen, no doubt. The future will belong to those who can manage this. And there's multiple ways to manage this. You can either manage it by being the type of program where you develop players for the NFL and they like playing for you and they stick around and they feel like they're getting something out of it. That's that's your Alabama's, that's your Clemson's, that's your Ohio State's. Or you be the kind of program where somebody who's done well at a lower level or is looking for a change of scenery comes in and boom, you get plugged into somewhere that, that you can succeed. Like Zach Evans is an interesting, interesting case here. You know, when he did get the ball at TCU, he mm-hmm. looked like he was very good. He looked like all the hype was ju- the recruiting hype was justified for sure. But we'll see what happens at Ole Miss. I would think a good running back can do very well at Ole Miss in that offense because Lane Kiffin is all about those five or six free yards you get after a long game through the air you know, or after any big game, period, where you just line up and run the play. And if you have a Zach Evans-type player or what Zach Evans was supposed to be coming out of high school, mm-hmm. that's the type of person who you take the five or six free yards, they break a tackle, and all of a sudden five or six free yards becomes 40 free yards. Totally, and, and and as we saw in in Lane Kiffin's first year at Ole Miss, when he had Elijah Moore, and he he would say it, people would ask him, you know, about this the high usage of Elijah Moore, and it's like when you've got tremendous players, like I'm going to get them the ball as much as possible, and I think that's something that if you're Zach Evans, if you're you know Michael Trigg, the, the a very you know freaky talented freshman tight end from USC that they've added to, um, you're you're excited to go there because you know that they're going to find ways to get you the ball, and and that was. Uh, a little bit of a struggle at times for Zach Evans at TCU um, where, you know, they, they were careful about his usage and, and, you know, Gary Patterson's argument was that it was better for his, you know, long-term development and all that. And I, I get that, but uh, before he had his turf toe injury that shut him down for the year, he was the number two rusher in the big 12. So we, we got to see that five-star potential uh, over the first half of the 21 season. And uh, man, as, as a rusher and as a, a pass catcher, you know, a guy just who can get in space and, and, and go uh, Zach Evans, super talented dude. And uh, I, I, I really like what they did at quarterback too, to, to, you know, put it all together here. Now, now I'm sure they'll still have a competition, but man, I mean, Jackson Tart is, uh, you know, one of the very best players you can get in this whole cycle. Well, and, and Michael Triggs an interesting one. Cause you look at what they did with Kenny Aboa the first mm-hmm. year they were there yeah, absolutely. where they got him out of the portal and it, he immediately became one of the, their top targets for Matt Corral. So it, they, they like using the tight end when they've got a guy that they feel is, is capable. And I wonder, Max, if this is going to be how things are going to go. And, and we don't know if Ole Miss is going to still be good. But could there be programs where they're now going to kind of radically change from year to year? And sometimes that chemistry is going to click and sometimes it's not it that's all that sounds almost like basketball it, okay so let, let me ask you that so if you were lane kiffin if he, if he called you and, and asked hey andy do you think i should do this every year wouldn't you say yes if it works yeah <laughs> no, I, I i right right of course you, you know but, but, but I under, you, you I judge it by the results saying. in some ways but i in terms of the process to think about and look and so, sometimes you're gonna have to do this because your guys are leaving right like if you want to be one of those programs that can have a, a steadiness and be able to develop your guys and be like nick saban and be like oh I'm, I'm using this to upgrade i'm not using this to uh like we're not falling apart year to year here we're going to kind of hold this roster together and I'm going to use this to get better. Um, there, there are going to be a lot of programs that, that go through a lot of both that are going to lose a lot of players and pick up a lot of players. Um, and, and certainly, 
you know, it, it's going to be on Kiffin and his staff to, you know, when, when you bring in a uh, talent like this, then guess what? You're probably going to have running backs and tight ends and quarterbacks and, and, and guys leave your program because they're not getting the playing time that they thought they were going to get in 2022. Uh, but I, I, I think, I think that I can see Ole Miss being one of those programs that, especially in that, you know, ultra competitive division, I could see this being a thing that gives them an edge from year to year. And, and especially Andy, like if, if, Jackson Dart and Zach Evans and these guys have real success. I think that is going to matter to players that go in the portal next year to say, look, they, you know, yeah. it's not just a sales pitch. They know what to do once you get there. Well, it, yeah. And can you just, can you radically reinvent yourself year to year? Because if you're successful through the portal, you're, you're, you're going to have to be able to, to create your own continuity. It's not going to be the same thing as Alabama or Clemson where they have players who play and then they reload and, and they, they just, it, it, the cycle continues. There will be drop-offs that you're going to have to cover through the portal every year. So it's, and, it's and, and you still difficult. want a Matt Corral who starts for you for three years, obviously. Yes. Right? You, you don't, yeah. there are certain parts of this. You don't want to be constantly, uh, you know, rolling the dice here. Well, but the thing about it is, and this is why you're probably right on this. You can't get the ready-made offensive and defensive linemen. I mean, maybe you can at Ole Miss. You could get a JUCO transfer D lineman who can come in and, and plug in and play right away. But mm-hmm. for the most part, those ready-to-play big guys at a high school are going to Alabama. They're going to LSU. They're going to Ohio State. They're going to Clemson. They're going to Georgia. And you got to figure out a way to get somebody who can play with them. And sure. that may be the 21-year-old guy who excelled in a group of five program or who excelled in mm-hmm. the FCS and his grown man strength plus his, his development and skill set can then compete with the 20 year old five-star potential future, you know, potential first round draft pick in a couple of years. Well, yeah. And I, I think that you're, you're kind of at different phases too in your program. When you think about what Ole Miss has done, I mean, I, certainly last year, like when they're trying to pick up, uh, players uh, on defense out of the portal. It's because they need guys. They, they, they need guys that yeah. they think they can plug into the starting lineup to uh, try to help fix a unit that, that was playing really poorly. Now it's a little bit different challenge when you say, okay, we want to go pick up this, this linebacker from Central Michigan or, or this, this tackle from Western Kentucky. And now the challenge is, are you getting a good enough player to, to not just start for you, but, but be a really good, successful, doesn't have to be all conference necessarily, but be a really good 12 game, you know, quality play kind of starter uh, in order for you to be competitive. That, that, that part of the hunting is, is a little bit tougher to pull off. Yeah. It, it, it is going to be fascinating to see who winds up being good at this. Lane yeah. Kiffin strikes me as someone who would be good at this because I don't know that he loves doing the hard sell to the high school kid. And it seems like the transfer does not care as much about the hard sell. It's just more, how are you going to use me? And yeah. I think Lane Kiffin, his personality is better suited for, I'm going to show you exactly how I'm going to use you. Here's some cut-ups. This person physically resembles you. Here's what we did with him. You want to come? Great. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, and I think I think you got to play that right in your locker room too. Of just like guys, we're just trying to get this team as good as possible, like and, and, and to increase the competition here because you don't want to be in that situation where you're you're out here promising starting spots and then all of your, your players are leaving post-spring because they think – they're not going to give me a chance here. Well, let me, okay, let, let's tie this back to a discussion we were having earlier. What do you think about all of this Kay Williams conversation if you're Graham Mertz? 
What's going through your mind right now if you're Graham Mertz? Well, he's in a little bit of a tough spot, right? I mean, when you think about not not just the fact that, like, you know, setting aside the obvious that, like, you want to be the starting quarterback at Wisconsin, you, you want to keep building on what you've put in for two years there. But as we go into February, like, the schools that need quarterbacks have picked up quarterbacks. So if if you were Graham Mertz and, and you feel like, okay, they, they're promising the moon to Caleb Williams to come here, and if you go in the portal, I'm not saying Graham Mertz won't have any options, but in terms of being a starting quarterback at a Power 5 school, uh, next season, uh, it's it's a little bit tougher to kind of find that perfect fit now. Yeah, and and do you? Let am I am I jumping ego... to conclusions there? Like, do you, if you're Graham Mertz, do you stick it out and just try and compete with him in the spring and see how it goes? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because there will be another wave of all this stuff in the spring. Yeah, and you know, it you, you just you wait and see if he comes because if he's not coming, if he's if he goes to USC, you're still the guy. And you can let it be a blow to your ego or you can just deal with it because, I, I mean, this is probably a, a, a harsh way to say it, but if you intend to be an NFL player, this will probably be your, your, your livelihood. This will be what it like. You will be wondering if you have a job yep. every offseason unless you are, you know, a complete superstar. So – if that's what you want, if that's the, the future you want for yourself is, is to play in the NFL, well, this this will teach you how that works because there's always somebody else trying to that, that's trying to come or they're trying to bring in that, that they think's better than you. And you got to figure out how to beat them out. Or if they don't work out, you you set your ego aside and you're like, oh well, this is my team. Well, I mean, we're talking about Caleb Williams. We're talking about the guy that went to the school that had what we thought a Heisman trophy contender going into 2021 guys right. planning to care. just sit out the year <laughs> that's not how it went you know i mean that's just and that's that is kind of the story of a lot of quarterbacks in the portal it's you know kind of one thing doesn't go quite the way you expect and uh and then you make a change so that's but that's part of being a college quarterback at this point you know there's whether it's a coaching change or an injury or something like something's gonna happen at some point sometimes quarterbacks just get judged wrong and and I have never criticized the Dwayne Haskins over Joe Burrow choice at Ohio State because Dwayne Ooh. Haskins did I was wondering if we were going to go there tonight yeah I, okay. I think we need to I think mm. we need to because Dwayne Dwayne Haskins had a great year I mean he was breaking Big Ten records and Ohio State records but Joe Burrow is clearly special mm -hmm. a truly special quarterback he has the Bengals in the Super Bowl in his second season he was the number one overall pick because they stunk the year before they took him. I mean, yeah, it's cr it's crazy to see because I remember I'm thinking, I remember thinking that first year he started at LSU, he was pretty good, but it didn't seem like he was this. <laughs> no, I I I was like I was thinking about that. Um, like I wonder where like I wanted to grab my Phil Steele and look up like where where was Joe Burrow ranked among quarterbacks going into 2019. You know, yeah, like just like the preseason expectation. Um, I, 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 yeah, if, if going coming out of 2018, I mean, before Joe Brady gets there, um, you would say like he was better than a game manager in 18, obviously, but no, he was still good. He and, but... he, and he led a great season in 2018, but 
man, it's just incredible. It's incredible. And that's, it, I don't know, Andy is the larger, and I, I don't want to like sit here and like, you know, knock and, uh, uh, you know, diss Dwayne Haskins or anything. Um, certainly the, those two are in very different, you know, situations now. Yes. But is that, do you, th- how, is I, like, just so- not that obvious? Was it not? Uh, that's, that's what I want to figure out. I mean, because you, the Ohio is it just the, the, the leadership stuff just not totally come out at Ohio State? Because you would think the Joe Burrow we see now, like you would think internally, they would be like, "Man, we got to give this guy a this shot." Is, this is that dude, yeah. I, right. I, I yeah. don't know. Like, like now, like how did he not beat out JT Barrett? Like, I mean, I think I I've talked to people that worked on that stuff, and I, it, it sounds like it was maybe a little from a perception standpoint. Maybe a little bit of an, uh, a little bit of an uphill climb for Joe Burrow from the start in terms of even just getting the offer from Ohio State and them being convinced that he was what what their standard is, which is you know Heisman caliber type quarterbacks, you know. Um, but yeah. he put in he put in his time there, and um, I don't know is that is that sometimes I, I, I'm not I, I'm not trying to get into a stars matter thing here, but is is it just kind of that like you take Dwayne Haskins and just like the potential that just the talent you see is so exciting that it's kind of hard to see anybody else. Well, there's that. And there's also that the Dwayne Haskins and chase young were, you know, you, you took them from the same area. You kind of took them to get the other, took one to get the other. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's probably and, and some I'm, of that. I know they didn't want to lose either guy, right? Like in that decision, like you're going to lose yeah. one of the two and I'm, they don't want to lose either, but it's, it, it is crazy. And the stars matter thing uh, our, our friend Bud Elliott from 24-7 said, this will be a bad Super Bowl for the stars don't matter crowd. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was ima- I'm just imagining Ari, Ari Wasserman dancing around like, yeah, stars do matter. Matthew Stafford, five-star. Yeah. As, as, like, as I was watching Garoppolo tonight, Cup, it, it did make star. me think stars matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, well but, but when Cooper Cup catches the touchdown pass, oh my God. he didn't have any stars. Uh, Aaron Donald was a three-star. But Jalen Ramsey was a five star, and you know Joe Burrow was a was a four star. Sam Hubbard was a, a very highly yeah. ranked recruit. Um, I'll, the, I'll tell you after Joe watching Nixon those four was a very yeah, highly ranked recruit. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you after watching those those two games tonight. Um, I, I would also add wideouts matter. I mean, those were four oh, of the best wideouts in yeah. the NFL, and um, cup, just cup like cup should be in the MVP mix there. You know Tyreek and Chase. You know that those guys are going to be top five guys before, dude. I help help me understand this, okay? Because you know okay. we watch a lot of college football. I I I just don't think I watched enough Debo in college. Oh, all you need to see is that game against NC State, where South Carolina had no business being on the field with NC State, and mm-hmm. they beat NC State. I think it was in Charlotte, a season opener, and Debo basically single handedly won it. Now I believe he got hurt a few games into that season. So yeah, he had the year he, where he lost he to a broken leg and I know he had hamstring stuff yeah. early in his career too. Yeah. So you didn't get to see as much of him, but there, there's actually a really good ringer story uh, it, it, that came out a few weeks ago that explains why he is as good as he is. But basically it, it boils down to someone as densely built as him mm. should not be that fast. He's, mm-hmm. he's short, but huge and fast. Yeah, so, I, I was looking this up, and I think the combine time was like four four eight. I want to say, um, yeah. But there's you know, and there was you know, like we I love the uh, you know the the Anthony Thomases of the world. Like I, I love that kind of uh, you know trend that we had at one point there. 
of those guys that could be the the running back receiver type, the 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 slot back kind of guy. But, um, but to do it, be a running back in the NFL. Like, but to but to take a guy that's two hundred and fifteen pounds like him, right, yeah. or at least what was coming in, like to 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 see how like just in the screen game like that with him, how just how tough and fast he is, phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 beautiful. And and I will admit I was totally wrong on the Jamar Chase pick because I said mm. you got to take Penny Sewell. Your line stinks. Joe Burrow is getting, you know, running for his life. He got he got hurt midseason last year because he's getting hit so much. And yeah. so I said, you got to take Penny Sewell because every year there's going to be a generational receiver because the the way the game has changed over the last 15, 20 years. There's just going to be a bigger and bigger crop every year of guys who've caught a ton of passes their entire lives, you know, that caught a ton of passes in Pop Warner in high school in seven on seven. And they're just better than the receivers were 15 years ago. But the offensive tackles haven't taken that leap. <laughs> right. So when, when a really good one comes along, you got to take him because you can find it. But I was wrong. And there's because there's was, very good second round wideouts at this point. Yeah, of yep. course. But, but, I, I, but I was wrong because Jamar Matter and, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. And I, I think I figured it out. I've been thinking about this. Like, how how does that how was that such a no brainer for the Bengals? <laughs> and, and and here's why. Because yeah. Joe Burrow can walk into the GM's office and go, listen, you saw what Justin Jefferson did in his rookie year with the Vikings. He was the best rookie receiver in the NFL. I played with him. And I played with Jamar Chase on the same team. And Jamar is better. So take Jamar. Like that, yeah. that matters. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that I was thinking like and, and Tyler Boyd and uh and T. Higgins are good players for sure. And and but I don't they're not in the Super Bowl if they have Panay Sewell this year. No, you're right. And, I don't and think Riley got hurt, right? They they signed and, right and he got hurt. You know, but that's like the that's the power of Joe Burrow that it'd be like, hey Joe, our offensive line's really struggling. Joe, we've we've got two really good wideouts. Joe versus I don't care. I want my guy. And uh, look Joe what they did together. Third downs with his legs. <laughs> Just unbelievable. But but you mentioned T. Higgins. They use T. Higgins in ways that even Clemson didn't use T. Higgins. And, and probably because when Clemson had T. Higgins, they had a bevy of talented receivers, plus Travis Etienne in the backfield. They could do all kinds of different things. And and didn't need to use him in as many ways, but I love T. Higgins on that like the the middle screen mm-hmm. where you, you just bring him across and and then he turns it upfield uh, or the, or the drive to, to go to over to drive to force overtime. He he had some big time catches and and that's as much as we you know we're all gaga over Justin Ross like T. Higgins played it played big in big games in college man in those playoff games well, he was so good. T. Higgins and Amari Rogers remember were were you know, they came out the same year from high school. They're both from East Tennessee. Yeah. And I mean, T Higgins is just fantastic. He was a big time recruit too. That's, he was. you know, it, again, but, but, and, uh, and Ari win that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that was, yeah, that T. Higgins was, was mean, a, was a, was a five star in the 24 seven composite, the, oh, uh, the number go. 19 overall recruit. There you go. Yeah. Good job. Clemson. Hey, by the way, did you see, uh, this came out tonight. I don't know if it came out tonight because, just the, uh, the way that the, you know the, you know, the Super Bowl set or whatever. Um, did you see Hunter Renfro's going to the Pro Bowl? I don't, I'm not surprised. I know you're not surprised, but pretty <laughs> damn really cool. Good. It, it is. I, so here's my Hunter Renfro thing. I know everybody wants to think that Hunter Renfro is is all all effort and all try hard. 
I, I remember talking to Clemson DBs about Hunter Renfrow. Dorian O'Daniel, I think, is the one who, who explained this to me the best. Uh, and and Dorian, he played kind of hybrid DB linebacker yeah. position. He was always having to cover slot receivers. So he's explaining Hunter Renfro's first day. So Hunter Renfro at that point is like 149 pounds. He's a freshman. He is breaking starters' ankles on day one as they walk on. So you, you, you think Hunter – and obviously Hunter Renfro had to put forth a, a tremendous amount of effort to get where he is today. Mm-hmm. But God did bless him with some stuff, and it is elite change of direction speed. Elite. Like, look at his three-cone That's drill right. at the combine, and then watch him break somebody down with his route running. Like it is tremendous, and so it, I'm but not. But but if you're if you're standing talking to him and he's wearing a polo, he looks like he should be playing golf. Oh yeah, oh Just a he different looks dude. Like he should be the 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 quality control assistant for the GA. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but but no, I mean it, it's one of those things. Get get him in a situation where he has to stick his foot in the ground and go a different direction, and the DB is going to lose a bunch of time because while the DB may may be faster in a straight line he can't change directions as quickly as Hunter Renfro can. For sure. For sure. This has been, it's been a, these last two weeks have been just phenomenal. These, I mean, I'm I'm glad we still got some, some football to get us through this, this cold winter. (laughs) Well, and and it's funny because if you have a tournament where the first round is not particularly entertaining, it's okay because there are other rounds that might be more entertaining. Uh Oh, where are you going with this? I don't know. Who knows? It's almost as if more high stakes games are more entertaining than less high stakes games. You you are hinting at ideas that I just don't know if we're going to be ready for until 2026. I just don't know. Well, we're not going to be ready for it until 2026. <laughs> I wonder now. The, so the NFL expanded its playoff last year, and I I don't know if it was because of COVID or they were going to do it anyway. But they are now a 14 team tournament, and Mm-hmm. seems just fine seems to work just fine i don't know people you know i don't know did you did you know that fcs has a playoff that they actually put it on and and, and they it works i, 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 I i've heard division two and division three they stunning. made it stunning could you imagine oh so weird wait what about exams do they take exams do they have classes in the fcs do they see but then you know they don't have they don't have the Rose Bowl. What, what, oh, that's right. Ugh. They don't play in a really Tradition. old stadium in an LA suburb mm-hmm. that has be- pretty bad traffic. They don't have that. When did you buy in on Joe Burrow? Because like he won he some popped, big games in eighteen. When he, when he popped up after the blindside block at the Fiesta Bowl, hundred percent against yeah. UCF that 100%. was that was when you're like oh my god this dude is nuts like he does not care he is yes he just he wants to show them that did not bother him and he wants to show his teammates that did not bother him. it that was that moment I'm like okay I get why they say they'd go to the NZ earth risk because the LSU players were already telling us that they yeah. were already saying that and well, it, he, the, he was coming off the AM game where, where he yes. needed the IV afterward to before he could go home because yes. he, I think he passed out, right? Like it was just, he was insane. Um, I, but he I does that. More of them didn't pass out during. Oh, the I know. And then he starts the next year with, you remember the Texas game? Like, yeah, and that was, yeah, that was the coming out party for the, that, you know, that offense and all that stuff. But like, 
Um, that was, I mean, that was just a stone cold performance by him and, and it, the rest is history there, but man, um, to, to see it happen I this mean, fast has been unreal. Well, he outdueled Patrick Mahomes. I mean, let's, let's think about this though. The last few weeks we saw an epic Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen duel. So Patrick Mahomes, we knew was good. You and I both had Cliff Kingsbury telling us how good he could be yeah. when he was a freshman. And we're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. All your quarterbacks put up big numbers. What, what does that even mean? And, and, but they never do anything in the NFL. And then he's doing, and then Josh Allen, like, I remember being, I, I went to one of those. I, 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 I never break. wrote my ultimate Patrick Mahomes story when he was in college. I was a big believer and I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. But I never wrote the ultimate one because I didn't actually think he was going pro when he went pro. I thought he was coming back for another year. For another year. You know? yeah. yeah. Bad well, planning and, on my part. No, no air raid quarterback had been successful in the NFL at that point. Yeah. So it was tough. And I like I remember I went to there was a, a spring break deal where uh, George Whitfield, the quarterback coach, was training some guys over their spring break. And it was Kenny Hill, uh, believe Gerard Hurd, maybe. Or maybe that he was an earlier one. Yep. But Josh Allen was there, and there were a few other guys. Uh, Chase Griffin, the backup at, at UCLA, was a middle schooler who, who mm-hmm. happened to be there. And I remember just you know hanging out with those guys and, and chatting with Josh Allen. He's like doing card tricks for me, and he's just this goofy, fun-loving dude. Like you knew he was good. He mm-hmm. was he was going into his last year at, at, at Wyoming. Uh, Chris Mortensen had already, or no, no, Chris Mortensen had not yet said this will be the the number one pick in the next draft. I believe it was it was either McShay or Mortensen. It was somebody at yeah. the close of ESPN's draft coverage. They you know they they do the last. They Mr. Irrelevant gets picked, and and they go okay, and now we're getting ready for the next year's draft. And just keep an eye on Josh Allen from Wyoming. He's going to be the number one pick. And I don't think that had been said yet, but it was already pretty clear mm-hmm. that he was going to be a hot name in the, in the following year's draft, but you just didn't know, could he, could he get his accuracy up? Would, would he be able to, to make that leap? And nothing in his last year at Wyoming suggested he'd be more accurate in the NFL. No, no. Yeah. So (laughs) that was one that, and they played some big games. I remember that they played some good non-conference games that year too, didn't they? They played Iowa or somebody and it got very bad. Wasn't great. Wasn't great. But, so, and that's just like, I mean, it, the funny thing is that Joe is exactly the Joe we saw two years ago. Josh Allen, you're yes. just like, who is this guy? But yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow is like play, played today just like you saw him play in the playoff. So when I was a kid, all of these guys got into the league roughly the same time. Montana, John Elway, Dan Marino. Montana was a little bit older, but... John Elway, Marino, Vinny Testaverde, Phil Sims, you know, these are really great quarterbacks who would be the quarterbacks you'd see year after year in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. And it was just amazing to watch. I think we're in one of those ages now, Max. I like the idea of an AFC where you're going to get to see Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. And Lamar Jackson, by the way. And Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert. Go at it year after year after year after year. Because mm-hmm. they're all young. Like, is it is any what is Mahomes probably the oldest one, right? Like 25 years old? Mm. Oh, I don't off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. He 
Yeah, I mean, they're they're all fairly young. Yeah, We're going to see them for, sure. for a long time. Yeah, it's like I, I know that uh, I saw it commemorated last week, like, oh, this is the end of the um, Roethlisberger Rivers Eli era. And it's like, that's got nothing on what we got now. That's going to pale in comparison. Yeah. I mean, well, because you had you had Brady and Manning. Sure. No, of course. And then Rodgers and Rodgers was there, too. But I, these guys seem more fun than them. I, I maybe maybe it's just it's a different time. It's and you, you know, I mean you, you could I mean you didn't mention era. Kyler. I mean we've got a yeah we've got a yeah. lot more. Yeah, yeah. And Matthew Stafford's still got some good years left in him. He's going to the Super Bowl now. So this is going to be uh, a, honestly a really after watching the the NFC game though, Andy. I think Tom Brady could probably play another year. <laughs> like, I, I think he could too. He probably could. I, I don't think he. That's what I can't up. figure out. Did 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 he? Did he tell some friends that he was going to retire and then they leaked it and then it came out and he's all mad about, I just, I want to control it. I, you know, I want this to be the last, ep- last episode of, of man in the arena, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or did he, or was he like, huh? Let me watch these games tomorrow night and just see. Yeah. Cause you're right. He could, he could, he, he could definitely play, play another what year. Are we, what fine. are we talking about? Like he, and he yeah. like, yeah. Well, the last pass he threw was what the bomb to Evans over Jalen Ramsey. Like, yeah, I think he could still right. play another year. But yeah, maybe yeah. he'll just play a total uh, play a total spite season. I'd be okay with that. Oh, do it, do, I, man! And that that's the thing that you know in the race to be first. And and everybody's like, well, they're wrong. I don't know if they're wrong. They may have had good information, and he may have changed his mind. Mm-hmm. It's like in the yeah. old newspaper days, back when. You put the story in the newspaper and then it sat there for a day because there was no internet. I remember the the folks who covered Florida uh, the year before my freshman year, Steve Spurrier went down the road with the Buccaneers and, and had pretty much taken the job. And so several people wrote, Steve Spurrier has taken the Bucks job because at the time of their deadline, that was what he decided. Right. And then sometime between putting the paper to bed and everybody waking up with it in their driveway, he had decided he was staying. So yes, we, yeah. we, we, we saw that in hyperspeed on Saturday with Tom Brady. I, yeah, it certainly could be, uh, you know, you, you respect the people who are doing the reporting on that stuff. Like it certainly could be a case where, you know, he probably could have told 20 people, yeah, I'm retiring. And then the next day got up and said, wait, no, I'm not. What am I doing? You know, that's one of those you got. It's complicated. You know, you know I'm maybe you maybe kind of need him to tell you almost <laughs> before you. You're really sure. Evidently, you evidently. Hey, that's why you know when people when people see us do this and say, you know, say, oh, according to sources, like, yeah, you, you, you try to get as close as you can when it comes to sources on that because that's you don't want to be wrong on that. That's why Max Olson's not telling you where Caleb Williams is going until Caleb Williams tells us where he's going because. We don't know at this you, point. I, let me tell you something too. Something that that's popped up with the I, I know people like there's the 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 looking up the uh, uh, student directory thing is like kind of the new flight tracker with these things. Sometimes these oh, kids yeah. enroll at multiple schools. Like they send in the deposit on multiple schools because they're not <laughs> sure which one they're going to yet with these transfers. You that, know, because they want to get in somewhere. That's true. In time for spring. So I've seen that. I've seen the. Listen. Hey, do you see this screenshot of this guy in this directory? It's like. Mm. I think he Max. Do you know what it cost Aunt Becky to get her kid a spot at USC? You don't don't tell Mm. Aunt Becky that Caleb Williams (laughs) can just enroll if he's not expecting to go. (laughs) Don't 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 put that evil on Aunt Becky after she's already been in the Hooskow. 
<laughs> well, I, uh, I I look forward to eventually breaking down where Caleb Williams is going to school and what what kind of team he's working with, um, if and when he he chooses a school. Two twenty three is going to be a wonderful year, Max. I can't wait for it. Gap year, gap year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bicycling through Switzerland while, yes. while USC and Oklahoma are playing this year. Let's do it. Do it, Caleb. Don't just don't listen to everybody else. You don't need these people. Out. You don't need these people there, at all. Your future there is no less bright if you go spend a year in Europe. It's cool. There is there is great NIL money backpacking through Germany. Do it. <laughs> we will talk to you. I mean, maybe he'll. Maybe you know he's going to announce like we'll... the minute we stop taping this. So yeah, I mean, Absolutely. you know, every morning I wake up wondering if today's the day, and I, I will tomorrow. We'll probably talk to you when it happens or not. We've talked about it a lot. Maybe if he announces a gap year, then we'll do that. Hmm. All right, you heard it here first. The ball, the ball's in your court. Get that backpack ready. Mm-hmm.